Hi everyone, so much welcome to this episode of Fail and Grow with me, Vilma. I'm a co-founder of VLUXQ, Next Generation CPQ2. We are seamlessly integrated with your favorite CRM with our plug and play. And we have a big passion for increasing sales efficiency and to make it easier for your customers to understand and communicate the value of the service and products that you bring. And today I have with me someone who is a true expert within this. And all of a sudden, she just popped up in my LinkedIn feed. She was more or less everywhere. And I was so curious, who is this person? And now, of course, it's a true honor to have her on the podcast today. Uh, welcome, Gwen Lafange. Uh, so glad to have you with me today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. And thanks for the nice uh, introduction. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's I'm the one who should be grateful, and you are also a podcast uh, host, right? The the tech marketing podchat. Exactly, I started that last year, and it's been uh, it's been a very interesting journey, right? It's really fun to uh, meet uh, people and and get to pick their brain in a in a nice way. Yeah, I could uh, only agree. And I would actually say that uh, I don't know what about you, but I feel like I could record pod- podcasts all day long. <laughs> what do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a pretty fun things to do, right? Like I, I had to um, switch my uh, podcast um, a couple of months ago because I changed job. Um, and at first I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to stop. But that it made me sad. I was like, well, I don't want to stop. It is something that I enjoy doing. It gives me energy to just meet new people and and, and it's fun so I decided to take it on my own and I continuing now but uh, yeah I feel it's it's a nice way to meet new people and and also keep learning right from from different people and their experiences I totally agree and was that the main reason you started the podcast in the beginning or why did you launch a podcast so in the beginning um, it was at the beginning of the pandemic and um, at the time I was responsible for a B2B tech agency called uh, Skona or Shona in Swedish. Tricky word. Still not learn it right after after being the, ma- the general manager for it, like in Sweden for four years. But um, and and our, our growth in our business was really focused on, was really based on like me networking and meeting new people and trying to find new prospects. And I was doing it through going to a lot of events and, and of course everything stopped with, with the pandemic. So I, um, I said, how can I stay top of mind? How can I find, how can I build more content for my LinkedIn and also meet interesting people and and get in touch with people without direct selling, right? Mm. And and so that's how it started. And I just like started reaching out to potential prospects who happened to be amazing B2B tech marketers. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. And then it, I realized, actually, I really like this. And it's not so much about the selling. It's more about connecting and getting mm. learning from people. And, and so that's why you now I don't have anything... To sell now, I moved job. I'm not on the agency side anymore. I'm in a um, fast-growing tech company called Cinch, and and so I don't need to sell my services, but I still very much interested in learning from those marketers who became peers and share, sharing knowledge and insights. 
Wonderful. And um, I agree. I started actually the podcast in the same reason. I was like, okay, we're going to build this new company. We have to start building our brand some way. It's impossible going to events or fairs. Or And, and I actually didn't um, think that uh, all the, the big webinars out there who actually had sponsors, they didn't really do it as the way I, I preferred. So I was like, okay, what's left? What's left? A podcast. <laughs> I do a podcast. <laughs> and I, I totally agree with you. It's uh, uh, It feels like a really uh, close chat with someone and then it just ends up being a podcast. So Yeah, exactly. And do you feel it's been working for you? Are you happy with the results? Uh, yeah, until this day, we have do it, done it now for more or less half a year. I would say anyone I talk to is like, I see VLOXQ and you everywhere. Uh, so it has for sure built some brand. If it's uh, if it <laughs> leads generating, I'm not sure yet. We have got a few leads, but maybe we should tune in how we want to, like you did, invite people that we want to sell to ourselves. But I think if we do something good, if we inspire, if we share expertise, uh, then I think the leads generated will come more or less later on. But uh, you are the expert here. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I need some advice from you. <laughs> it's, it's a long-term play. And I think it's like setting up the right goals, right? On why you why you're podcasting and and I think it is about visibility and brand and and knowledge and adding value to your community and and eventually maybe some sales will come from it but it might not be as direct right so no yeah. might not and our goal is to build brand with this podcast and uh, of course um uh, spread good expertise because everyone we invite to the podcast is someone like you someone who is uh, comfortable talking about their own mis uh, mistakes uh, happy to share experience and, uh, and inspiration uh, and everything is just regarding profitability and also growth so if someone would be interested in that I want them to know that you should come to to fail and grow <laughs> more yeah. or less <laughs> okay but enough about us uh, and I think I always ask uh, my guests a little bit about the company and since you just uh, moved job I'm super curious both about uh, Sjöna and Sin so if you would like to start with Sjöna with your niche and what you did uh, there and then please Tell us a little bit about the uh, super rapid growing cinch, who more or less everyone would be a little bit interesting, I think. Yeah, so uh, so first the agency is a, um, a B2B tech agency, uh, headquartered in Silicon Valley. And the founder of the agency is Swedish, so that's why we basically decided to open an office in Sweden four and a half years ago. So I moved from Silicon Valley to uh to Sweden to open an office here and replicate the Silicon Valley success model. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, did it and, work? And yeah, it's it's been a really interesting phase when we um, we have now a whole bunch of like Swedish clients and work with very interesting tech companies here and um, and help them with with everything we we position I, I still stay we although i've been like out of the agency for almost two months but I, they I always do the same thing i always do i mean we and them and you know it's so confusing i just yeah, say exactly. We. <laughs> so uh, we uh, or they um they kind of position us like a um full service agency so they become kind of an 
external studio, your kind of creative arm to like tech companies. And one of the big success story is a tech company called Snowflake, um, who's has massive growth and went IPO last year. And Skona started working with them um, when they were 150 people. Uh, now they're 100 their 1,500 people and kind of like help them uh, through their growth, uh, redid their brand, their website three times, um, all of their lead gen, demand gen campaigns, help with their events. So it's about like bringing this, this consistency to the brand and, and becoming kind of the brand guardian for them and also delivering on on volume, right? Like, so it's about scaling, how they can scale your, the delivery of your marketing team. And, and so they've been very successful in San Francisco and then in, in, uh, in Sweden and in, in Europe. We, we're working with Snowflake as well, the European team and all of their field marketing team across Europe. And, and then in Sweden, we have more Swedish clients, uh, mostly the one that are ready to kind of take things to the next level and kind of invest in their marketing to really scale up um, both in Europe and go to the U.S. market. So, so yeah, that in a nutshell, that's gonna and um, and then Cinch. So, Cinch is like a very interesting company. It's been the fastest growth I've ever seen. Like in eighteen months, the company went from four hundred people to two thousand two hundred people. Um, totally explode, yes. It's mm. totally exploded, and it's uh, a lot through organic growth, but also through acquisition. Last year, the company bought. Um, four different companies, um, two in Brazil, one in India. One in, um, so it's it's been it's a truly international company, which makes it really interesting. The the team and the kind of uh, yeah the the knowledge and the cultural differences are very enriching. Um, mm. And and what the company does is that they um, they help brands or company to really connect and converse with their end users throughout the buying circle through mobile experiences. So it's, it's they offer this amazing mobile uh, customer experience that are pretty unique. They're conversational. Uh, they kind of enrich. So when you, when you think of mobile, you might think about SMS and that's kind of like level one. And then now brands um, really converse with their um, with their cost customers in many different ways and it's chatbots and it's not just through um, SMS it's also WhatsApp and Facebook messengers and and so how you allow brands and company to kind of do that in a very seamless way and offer those experiences throughout the buying circle because it's it's marketing but it's also commerce and it's customer service or after service how you you talk to uh, either like a, a chatbot or like a real agent. So it's the, the offering is pretty complex um, mm. and it's pretty fascinating how things... Is it a B2B to B2C company or is it... Uh, who is the ICP for since? So it is kind of... It's definitely B2B um, and there's a lot of different um, uh, uh, target audience from marketing to um, CX experts, but also it could be operations um so it's it's pretty it's pretty anyone who wants to communicate with their customer (laughs) exactly anyone who wants to communicate with their customers exactly and then there's the technical buyer because it's also like developers and and uh technical um 
implementers, right? Um, like IT, and so it's it's uh, it's pretty fascinating because it's not it come from like a telecom background, um, moving into what we call CPaaS, which is um, which is basically all the all the different it's communication platform of the service. And then um, adding like a SaaS layer, which is the most easier or the easier to to explain, right? Like how we offer uh, chatbot and and tools to kind of make it make it happen. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. And I've only been there for like less than two months, and I'm uh, the brand director, but I also lead uh, marketing M and A. So all those new companies that we buy, we want to make mm. sure that they have like a good. Um, integration and that they feel one brand the one thing's brand and and so that's that's also part of of the job it sounds like a perfect role from you yeah. for, for you like coming from that building brand and then moving on to scene who has a really famous brand but with those uh, tasks uh, yeah good luck on a new job i'm, I'm sure you will ace it <laughs> it sounds really good <laughs> thank you thanks now I'm so curious, if we were out meeting in a sunny day maybe, and I were to buy you a drink, which one do you prefer? Which is your favorite after work drink? <laughs> so um, I think it depends of um, the the day I had and how much I want to celebrate. I mean, my... Um... <laughs> I think I think this day you want to celebrate a lot. <laughs> yeah. My my normal my normal go to will be like a glass of red wine, like a nice Pinot Noir. Um, but then if I really want to celebrate, I'll probably go for a cocktail. In that case, I'll go for a Caipirinha. <laughs> oh, that one! Oh, that is a good one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we meet up, I will uh, I will buy you both. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you and. Uh, you're um, also a little bit curious about uh, what you're going to share with us today uh, and what I'm going to ask you for is your funniest work fuck up, your work-related fuck up. What yes. do you want to share with us today, Gwen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think um, I I was thinking about it and I'm like, I couldn't remember exactly, but when I was working um, in the on the agency side, um, we printed some uh, branded T-shirts um, and quite a lot of them for one of our clients. And there was this massive typo at the back <laughs> that we, we all passed. I mean, like me, the people in the team, the designer, the printer, the client, <laughs> everybody kind of proved this T-shirt, right? And I could not remember like what the word was, but I think there was like a... Um, a letter that was kind of inverse, like, uh, and, and, but you know how you read something again and again, and you basically read the beginning and the end, right? And kind of make <laughs> your brain makes what's happening in the middle, right? So the more you see it, the less you actually see the word. And um, <laughs> so we printed this t-shirt. And I mean, ultimately, I was kind of responsible for it. We had to, um, we all, of course, had to kind of repay uh, the printing of the t-shirts for everything for our yeah. customers. Um, yes, but I think that was one of them. And I, I'm like, what was that word? Like, <laughs> I'll let you know if I remember. I'll ask one of my previous colleagues. But uh, I, can't do yeah. that. I have a, I have a similar. Um, uh, well, not not that similar, but but almost. I worked um, for my uh, uh, co-founder. Uh, he was my boss back then and uh, we were at a digital uh, accounting firm and the Swedish name was Proactive Economy. So Proactive Economy in Swedish. And we wanted a name that were more, uh, yeah, you, you could have it also 
if we were going international. So we think, you know, everyone in the team got up with their own suggestions. And then uh, Andreas Kome said, Vilma, I, I think I, I know, I know what we're going to be named. I was like, okay. And this was just before Christmas that year. And he was like, um, so I have to say this in Swedish, PE accounting. So it sounds like PE accounting. But if you write that, it's like, yeah, PE accounting <laughs> and no one saw it you know no one in the team no one in the management no other co-founders so now it's the name p accounting that is not that international <laughs> suitable <laughs> but it's just so weird you know how how couldn't we see anything of that i just sorry felt to share this when we talked about it because it's just like how did this happen did no one see this <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's amazing it's that's the thing it's like when you're so into <laughs> your own idea and especially something written then you don't really you you have this image of what it is in your brain and it doesn't matter what actually is written. You always see it in that way, right? It's like yeah, we uh, thought we were so cool. We had like accounting dot pe instead. So we were like, wow, this is really cool. And then it was like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this is a successful company either way, so it doesn't really matter. Apparently, <laughs> you can yeah. do you can do fuck ups, and then you can grow from it. Yeah, I think I I, I know about them. I've I've seen them around for sure. <laughs> Now we're going to smooth over to today's uh, subject and topic. Uh, and I was so glad, of course, when you said, I can even talk about CPQ. And CPQ for us is something we try to educate the market about. It stands for Configure Price Quote for those who aren't that nerdy as you as I are yet. Uh, and today we're going to talk about your the brand building experts view on CPQ. And I feel that's super interesting because uh, one of my biggest passion actually for starting Deluxe Q is to make it easier for the customer to say yes. So every company we help, uh, I always have that role when talking to them during our sales process, like, okay, how do you want to perceive as a company? Uh, do you quote, is it similar with your beautiful homepage? And I know you have really, really good sales reps, but when you hand over the, the quote or proposal, mm, but do you really feel that that is uh, one in the same line? You know, it looks that proper like you wanted to. So when you said that, I was like, hey, okay, I can't miss this chance. So everyone out there, sorry if this <laughs> this episode is like too selling. But Gwen, from your perspective, why is this important? So it is, yeah, it is really, I'll just start by, uh, by explaining a little bit how come I can talk about CBQ because it's, it, in a way, it's a little bit obscure, right? But I guess I've been working with B2B tech uh, companies for, for many years now. And the first time I heard about CPQ, I was still in San Francisco and we work with a company called Pro, um, Pros, and they're like a, a CPQ um, company in, in the US. They come from the pricing part of CPQ. Um, and so I work with them as a client for, for a little while. And then when I moved to Sweden, one of my first clients was a company called Tacton. Um, and so they also in the CPQ <laughs> uh, space, but they do CPQ for manufacturing companies mostly. And, and so we helped them and had, um, had a good relationship um, with them from, yeah, from the agency. So I work with them there as well. So it's like, Okay, I had like two clients within the CPQ space, <laughs> so I can definitely talk about CPQ and understanding what that is. And in both in both case, uh, cases, of course, we help them 
as an agency helping a client in like developing their own brand. But I can definitely see how um, how using CPQ for a company is is an important um, imp- important for them and can help build their brand. I think for me, um, there's there's a lot of different layers to uh, using a CPQ for brand building. I would say the first thing is um, consistency, right? Like you said, you have maybe great. Um, a sales rep, you have this great brand that you've developed. And for me, the the strong brands uh, do something that others don't, is that they really think about the consistency of all the experiences and all the touch points. So it's in a way you have your website, you have the, the banners, you have your ebook, you also need to have like your quote and all the different material and touch points need to be consistent with the experience, right? You can't just miss one. So I think that's that's one thing. Um, I think it's also kind of making the most of every um, commercial interaction that you have with uh, with your target audience, right? So every um, uh, brand building again is through every little interaction. It's not just people always think of brand as this kind of big thing you do at the beginning, and that is mostly for top of the funnel purposes and awareness and visibility, but it's not just that. It's really throughout your interaction with your customers during, um, before, during, and after the sale that you need to deliver on this amazing customer experience. And that's also what you, your brand is about, right? It's, 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 it's this consistency. And I think one um, thing that is interesting with, with CPQ is, is um, it makes it easy for brands um, to offer a kind of more personalized, a more kind of customized experience, right? Like uh, it's a tool for um, it, it's a tool for making for making like the the best possible quote or the best possible uh, price or um, other customization. And so I think that's important in, in customer experience as well. And I think like the, um, what we're seeing, and we, we talk a lot about that at Tinch as well, because we are in the customer experience space, um, that customer experience is not something nice to have anymore. It's definitely something that you must have. It's, it becomes like a, a winning strategy, especially when everything is commoditized. And if you don't want to kind of only compete on price in a way, you need to compete on the experience that you're offering. Um, and that took kind of a much bigger importance. Um, and I think in, in tools like uh, like good CPQ tools can help you win there because it's about the trust. It's about the quality of everything that you're offering throughout the interaction you have and throughout the buying journey. Um, and I think that having a good a good tool to make you more trustworthy um, is important, right? If you keep sending quotes that have mistakes in them, or if you take like three weeks to kind of like get back with the proper quote, um, people will question you more, right? So it's about efficiency and like offering the best possible um, solution to your to your audience. I think like if we would just go the op- opposite around, okay, you you and I, we're going to buy a tool or we're going to buy a service, whatever. We're going to buy something from someone. Uh, and we are eager to get going because we have this problem. We realize we have this problem. And then you get, you're waiting for the quote. The quote end up being wrong. You lack information. And what we have seen in... Uh, 
uh, well, they are they're quite small. I did this poll on LinkedIn, but up to 92% of the decision makers lack information within their quotes. And if we just pause a little bit and think about, okay, but how is that going to affect our business? Well, of course, one of our sales rep, if they do it, not that big of a problem. But if we can't ensure that everyone sends out the right quotes, and if we have 10 sales rep, if we have 15 sales rep, if we have 150 sales rep, of course, that will affect uh, the margins in the end. So from, from, the, from the customer perspective, why do you think it's important for, for them, if we just stay a little bit about the customer obsessed for a minute. Yeah, I think it's it's about uh, getting, like you said, the right information. And it's about trusting the, the company and the credibility. Uh, and, and it's about seeing that the company really cares about what you ask for and the needs and that they also don't, just send this like standard potential quote, right? It's about personalization and feeling that what they sent is adapted to my needs and it's really for me um, and, and, and customized and having kind of this, this, again, this kind of experience is about getting closer to um, w- with the brand, right? It's, it's all an exercise of kind of building trust. I feel like, so yeah, I think for me it's about this kind of seamless, integrated, personalized experience, um, and that's what people want, right? They they want to feel that their needs and their what they ask to the company is taken into account, and so that they see that in every interaction, and of course in the in the quote. We I think like somehow those kind of last miles are um, under value because people saying, yeah, okay, it's in the box, right? Like it's okay. We, we just doing this, this quote, but they're probably going to receive quote from a lot of different suppliers. So you want to make sure that you win them over. It's like the last mile to win them yeah. over. I just love everything you say. I'm probably going to quote you on it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's just, if we would go to a restaurant, uh, and I am being uh, gluten allergic, and they directly comes with the gluten free bread without me asking for it, you know, it's in the small details. And I didn't know that much about brand. And then I realized, okay, I think uh, it, it's good with digital marketing. Uh, it, it's it's super uh, effective, I would say. Uh, but when come when it comes to talking about brand, uh, I learned. It was so good about Christopher Engman at Megadeals who talked about this. And it was like, okay, if you are going to Germany, for example, uh, with your kids, uh, and then you're going to stop and eat somewhere, and you have that gluten allergic child, me in that case, in your back, and it's like, okay, will you stop at McDonald's or will you stop at some German food chain you haven't heard about before? You will probably start at McDonald's because you know that they will know what gluten allergic is is that gluten-free food that you will not be poisoned <laughs> more or less and for me that is all what what brand is about uh, so i would say it's both the top funnel but it's also it's not even the closing part of the funnel it's the experience afterwards and i would love to pick your brain about because i know you're an expertise within the bond gen maybe i could record another podcast about that with you <laughs> <laughs> and then and that, uh, now today you're working at Cinch with all the communication you talked about at the beginning what is your point of view of this and and the brand connected to the whole buying experience and also when the customer is a customer yeah so i i think that definitely brand as an effect 
uh, on everything else you do because there's this misconception a bit that like brand is only about the visual identity, right? But for me, brand is um, is your message. It's kind of the core foundation of of the company. Is how you connect your company strategy to your co- company communication. So it's it's who you're going after, what the message, um, how what what do you bring to your to your audience. And, and creating that consistency throughout. Um, and I think it's, it's about your, we talk a lot about brand being about your reputation, right? It's what people know about, about you, mm-hmm. what they remember mm-hmm. from, from you. I and love that, what you remember you, about the brand. It's like so important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, and that's what you want to kind of anchor in in people's mind right but ultimately what's tricky with brand is that you you only do as a company right and as like a, a marketer you try to build it ultimately it's the co- the customers decide what your brand is right because what, what you do is try to influence their choice and influence what what they remember but they are the one that that will decide if you if you are the brand worth considering um and and in a way it's it has an impact on everything because the stronger brand you have, the easier it will be for uh, people to connect with your company. Um, people will remember or know about you before the sales rep knock on the door. People would go to your content because they feel you're someone that can be trusted. Um, people will be kind of more connected afterward, afterwards because they will have a connection not only with your products, and with your features, but also an emotional connection with the brand. I mean, like the the example that people cite all the time is Apple, right? It's like, why do people buy Apple's product all the time? It's not it's not because they have the best products. Nope. Because I mean, in many cases, they actually don't. But then, <laughs> but then we have this kind of uh, emotional connection with the brand, mm. so we keep going to that. So it also kind of increase the the retention and the loyalty, and you become attached to a brand rather than just like a product. And and the 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 challenge here, I think, is that a lot of people think, yeah, that's only for B2B, B2C, right? Mm. It's like, of course, you talk about Apple and it's maybe the same with like Nike. But we underestimate that when in B2C, when people need to make choices, they will also trust their gut feeling and they will also kind of go for for the, the emotional mm. <laughs> um part of the decision-making. So they will go for the brand they know and the one they trust. And that's what you need to build, right? Right. Um, Even before they consider you. Mm. I agree. And um, yeah, so interesting this. (laughs) And if we could, um, now we talked a little bit about um, maybe the soft values in some perspective. What kind of effect and resonance uh, could you expect if you work with of course, in this case, since we're talking about a CPQ to strengthen your brand, do you have any numbers or something that you can share from your previous experience? Um, numbers is a, is a tricky one for sure. Because I think like, uh, it's funny, I, um, I say this as well. It's like we always try to measure brand, which is like a long-term uh, strategy with short-term metrics. So it's like a little bit, it's a little bit tricky. Um, but but I think definitely you can you can expect to um, lower the cost of acquisition. I think it's a really interesting one because if you have a, a strong brand, ultimately it should shorten the the sales cycle. It should kind of make it easy for 
for for people to kind of like buy you. So it should lower the cost per lead, lower the cost per acquisition, um, shorter the 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 sales cycle. And I mean, I don't have exact kind of numbers because it's also trickier to measure than, of course, like how much you I mean, I mean, it leads you get from an ebook, right? Um, because it has this kind of long term effect, and like we. We also often like want to measure brand with like a month to month metrics when in reality, if your sales cycle is like six mm. to nine months, well, your brand, your brand effects is not going to be faster no. than that. Right. Mm. So it's like a, it's a long term, long term efforts that that should over time get to those those results. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I fully answer the question, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but that 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 is good, and it's it's tricky to measure both brand and also uh, uh, CPQ implementation since it's um, uh, it is a long time strategy, more or less. Actually, like uh, hosting a podcast show, I would guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, uh, I think it all comes back to you have to decide how you want to be perceived for for your customers and and also internally. Uh, if you want to give your your colleagues the best possible uh, yeah solutions to work with to truly enable their days, so uh, of course that is tricky. You can always measure something, and and uh, all, with all our customers that we onboard, we ask when the onboarding is is yeah it's finished. It's like okay, how do we gonna uh, measure this success moving forward? And then of course it's different for all companies. Some of them want to increase their average deal value. Some of them wants to. Uh, lower the time for the ramp up of the sales rep. So it's it comes back to what you s- said to me earlier. Why do you host a podcast show? It's like, why did you implement this kind of tool? Why are you uh, working on your brand experience more or less? What is your strategy? So Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I think when it comes to CBQ, of course, it has an effect on brand and on like the customer experience. But I think ultimately, I would think it's, it's about efficiency and kind of operational excellence in a way and like how you can reduce mistakes that are being made and like and and definitely like lower the risk lower also the cost and implications of like uh your teams right there's be you probably kind of need less people working on one quote if you have a really good CPQ solution. Um, so there's a lot of, I guess, benefits to CPQ that go beyond brand, of course. Um, yeah. Yes, of course. Okay, is this something, is this something you want to um, to uh, ramp up with, with uh, connected to building your brand or on CPQ or something you just want to share with, the, with our audience today? Well, I, I guess that I, I'm a big believer on the the power of of building a, a strong brand and the effect it can have on your business and on the performance and like and in my mind it enhances everything else that you do and just makes it easier for for everyone. If you have this strong brand that everybody knows and believes in and trusts, then ultimately it will make it easier for for your company to reach their their revenue goals, right? Mm. So yeah. 100%, 100%. Thank you so much for your expertise. Really, really interesting learnings uh, here. Uh, I'm sure that the audience uh, agree with us today. Now it's time for you to give me a number between one and 50, and then you will uh, will answer a random business-related question. So what's your choice of number? (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't be. Let's, 
Let's, let's go for 15. 15? Oh, no one has chosen that one, actually. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, this was a suitable question. <laughs> How would you describe a perfect onboarding? in a company and it was good I had I, I was a little bit afraid that you were going to get another one <laughs> because I wanted to ask you this one <laughs> uh, how would you describe a good onboarding I mean it's also a little bit connected with the brand I would say because this is also a buyer experience of course I think it's about making the person feels valued right it's about kind of making the person feel that they made the right choice and that the company cares about them being like a new employee or care about them being a new customer. So it's or about like- an, During an acquisition, I think also. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so it's it's feeling that you, making them feel that they came to the right place, that um, that they made the right choice and, and showing that you care, right? So it can be through like little uh, gestures when, t- when you're like a new, employee it's like as you welcome pack it's like uh you know little gestures like that and then it's about making sure that you share the right level of information um so whether you're a new employee or new customer you need a whole lot of information when you start right um that's that when you are already employed it's like it's hard to know it's, it's difficult sometimes to know what people that are new will know, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> will we'll need to know, right? <laughs> so it's about like preparing this kind of like information package, making sure you give them the right, um, the ra- right tools to, um, to kind of become integrated uh, faster and, and making them feel valued. I think is for me, that's the most important part. Mm, I truly agree. And it's like uh, everything with change management it always come back to why and that the person should be field heard. So uh, if sometimes, if any time, it's probably when, when onboarding, uh, no, no matter what, if you're a, a colleague or a company or, or whatever. So thank, thank you. Thank you for sharing, Gwen. I'll get a chance to, ta- uh, to thank our sponsors, Yadi Yada and Story of You. They uh, edit our episode and they have... Um, develop this podcast uh, with us. So thank you guys. You are awesome. And Gwen, who else do you think I should invite as a guest to the podcast? Maybe someone you want to listen and laugh and be inspired by yourself. So, so many um, great people, but I was thinking, and and then also thinking about what you do and finding kind of a connection there. Um, I think you should talk to Mikael Drucker, he is uh, CEO at uh, Netigate, Swedish tech company Netigate. Um, and before to that, he was CMO at Tacton. So it was C- CMO, CMO at a CPQ ah. company for <laughs> manufacturers. Um, so he's, he's, uh, he was my client when I when I worked. Uh, I work with him there. Um, he's really, he's awesome. I um, I really enjoyed work, working with him. And now he started at CEO at Netigate a few months ago. Um, so, so yeah, I will say like, you can uh, try to talk to him. I'm happy to make a, a, a connection. 
Ah, I would be forever grateful. And Michael, you are, of course, so much welcome to the Failing Girl podcast. I would love to pick your brain about a lot of stuff. <laughs> of course. Well, Gwen, um, I reached out to you at LinkedIn and it obviously worked really good. Is LinkedIn the way, way you want uh, people to connect with you or how do you easily get contact? Yeah, totally. You can, uh, I'm on LinkedIn um, uh, regularly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So you can definitely reach out uh, to me there. That's that's the best. That's the best way. That's the best way. Yep. Perfect. And now it's time to for my final question, and this is for sure my hundred percent favorite question. Which song, when we have that uh, Caprinha in your hand, what are we listening to when you can't sit still and you have to like take a spontaneous dance? What are we listening to? I think if it was like a celebratory, like end of day or, you know, end of week uh, drinking, I will go for Katy Perry. <laughs> I know it's Ooh. a bit cheesy, but I will go for that and go like the Friday night, you know. <laughs> Friday like, night. Yeah, that's a per- that's a perfect, <laughs> <love> that. perfect <laughs> dance. Give me Everyone some, uh, just start smiling. <laughs> exactly. Some fun Katy Perry <laughs> dancing well, song. Love yes. to have you on the show, Gwen. Yeah. And maybe we should say uh, shin shin or cheers or school and yeah. thank you and have a perfect weekend thank you uh, great being on on here and talking to you today thanks again lovely bye 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 bye